Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Happy Earth Day, everybody. It's Earth Day. Today is a specific day where we make sure we recycle. We make sure we don't use too much water. We make sure we do our bit. But only for one day, and then we go back to ruining the planet the rest of the week. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to have you on board. Hope you're well. I'm recording this from my flat, this introduction, and I'm not supposed to say, but I'm going to show you behind the curtain as I am currently ensconced under a blanket to stop the echo. This might be a bit poppy and you can probably hear what's going on in my mouth. I can hear it. It's really clear as a bell, actually. Um, but yeah, that's what we're doing. We're doing that this week. Um, uh, before we get into it, there's a, there's a wonderful review from uh, Big George B., and a, a five-star review, the best podcast out there, consistently brilliant. Rich is a hero and a, of a man and a great host. Thank you, Big George B. Uh, I know people are a bit arrogant to read that out. Do you know what? It's been a tough old year. I'll take the love where I can get it, so I'll read out what I want. Um, and if you want to leave us a five-star review, do so. Um, we've also got um, it's uh, Mental Health Awareness Week in, uh, in May, and what I want you to do, I want people to just message in and let us know your favourite your favourite episodes let us know Just it's not about coming on the show uh, it's just about like, letting us know what your favourite episodes were things that you know that you heard that changed your life uh, that improved your mental health you know made you th- see things a little bit different so if you drop us a line um, drop us a line at uh, richwilsoncomedian at gmail.com um, and then I'll, I'll put a few things together and we'll do something special for Mental Health Awareness Week which will be very nice I think it's like the 10th to the 16th of May so if you could do that that would be spectacular um, this week week's guest we, we, we did something a bit different this week um, the band they're called Sea Fever we had, a, we had a couple of members of the band on absolutely spectacular uh, music coming your way they've got their single out which is, is out right now called Folding Lines uh, previous members of Johnny Marr's band and New Order and I tell you what that was so great it was so lovely to have them on and because you know people that listen to this you know I love my music so I was really happy to talk to them so exciting to have them on um, so, uh, so, do you know what? Let's just get on with it, because I'm about to suffocate under this blanket. So coming up in a bit is sea fever. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. So how are you doing, boys? Are you excited for the music coming out? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Obviously, you know, this, this lockdown is is dragging on a little bit and it's playing on our minds because we don't really know what's going to happen with the, as far as the the live sort of situation is yeah. concerned. You know, we're waiting, we're waiting. Um, we've got some gigs, both of us booked in. Brilliant. And um, we're just really hoping it's just going to go ahead, you know. It's like... Yeah. Uh, it, um, I'm feeling confident, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. that it, it, The way things are going at the moment, um, it will happen. So, yeah. you know, fingers crossed and all that. But uh, we're good, yeah. We, we're keeping busy, I think. That's uh, good. Yeah. 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 I think, like you say, it will come. It's going to come back. It's going to take a while. It won't just snap back to how it used to be. But it it will come, and I think we have to we have to focus on the positive, you know, it, it, which is difficult to do when you know we started to open up a little bit, and then it all got locked down again. Um, but it's funny actually; I've just seen a post by the Damned, and they've got their they're doing a, a, a it's been forty five years since Damn 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 came out, and yeah. they're doing yeah, and they're doing a gig where it's the original lineup, so that, and that's been planned for ages, and they keep pushing the the dates back, and they've just done done one now. And they've got look. There's no way that this can be a sit-down, socially distanced gig, you know? So we're going to put it back again till next year because it's just, you know... And that's the thing with gigs. I've been... I went to see the Stranglers in Croydon and it was sitting... And we were all sat down. 
it was a different vibe. You gotta be up. You've gotta yeah. be up and jumping yeah. around. And that's yeah. what you that's what you guys that's what you thrive on, don't you? That the energy of the crowd just elevates. It's that sort of togetherness, isn't it, when you're yeah. in the crowd and everyone's sort of you know, everyone dancing or moving or even crowd surfing or what you know, stuff. Well it's like, a fifty fifty relationship, yeah. isn't it, really? That what yeah. they give to you, you give back to them with your performance really. And you know, that's what that what's that's that's what shows are all about. God, I miss all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you reminded me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Talk about mental health. It's just depressing the fuck out of <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, so what else do you miss? Oh. <laughs> it'll come back. Of course it'll come back. It will come back. There, I've, uh, as most people, I you know, I always wanted to be in a band and it never it never went anywhere. I was a drummer for a bit, but as I've said before on here, uh, my dad said it sounded like someone trying to push a shed down the stairs. So it never, it never kicked on. <laughs> so I'm envious. I'm envious when I meet people that are in bands. And you, you know, you're, you've, you've come from, you've been in, in major bands before and, and that must, that must help in some way. But do you feel like you're starting again from scratch with this, with this, uh, new, this Very new much so. But that's part of the, the excitement of it, you know, just to sort of create something new and, uh, and then, um, sort of hope to play a few club shows and see what the reaction is. And um, I think it's really important as a musician to still be able to do that rather than deny it and think, you know, I've arrived now, I'm playing big gigs and I shouldn't be playing small clubs anymore. Um, well, for me, I'm, I just think those those club gigs are really important because I think you're, you're only as important as your music when you, you play those shows, you know, and, and it's real and... And you're trying to grab people's attention, and they, I love them. I love them, and yeah. I, I have no problem with going into a van and traveling up and down the motorway. Still, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. enjoying all the the ride. You know, it's a ride, basically. You know, yeah. So we finished this record. It's coming out this summer, and we sort of we're getting it all together now with the the artwork and everything. It's a process, and I love it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's On to it. the next record, though. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's it. I've had that before. When you meet, when you meet bands that you admire, and you get to have a chat with the, with them, and you go, oh, "I love that song." On I was on like it's like track seven on this album, and they go, "Oh yeah, I vaguely remember that." Because once you've done it, yeah, you play and you've done that, you've toured it around. You're like, right, on to the next bit, you know. Yeah, and that I suppose must be you've, you spent so much time in the studio as well, and you've listened to probably each song about. A million times so you kind yeah, of yeah. do you get to the point where you kind of um you still love it but you want to sort of move on to the, the uh, next record because you usually have songs that are left over as well and then either either that goes into a different direction or a different sort of style or anything and then you kind of your head sort of moves on to that quite quickly i think yeah that's but, it that's um, it. yeah you've like you say you've played those other songs to death and now you're yeah. excited for the new and that, yeah, and that that new energy that you pump through, and they go, oh, can you just? We want you. We just want you to play the single, yeah. forever. And that, I think, might, yeah. I think also as well, you kind of like, especially if it's your first album, you, you're sort of learning within each other how everyone does stuff and how you all sort of come together and 
I think. Are we going to fall out on the road? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Work that. out which comes which which the pain in the arse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But all the best bands, all the best bands have friction. You know this. They, yeah, they, all, they think, all end up travelling in separate buses. Yeah, it's, it's good to have a little bit of that, you know, because it's sort I of think brings, you need a bit of friction. You brings, know, yeah. between, brings the best out of you, doesn't it, sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you become the Lighthouse family and no disrespect <laughs> to them. <laughs> <laughs> Are they still going? <laughs> uh, probably somewhere. No disrespect to the lads, but it's not. There's not a lot of friction in that. In there, it seems. Well, you don't know. You don't actually. You don't yeah, know. maybe. You don't know. <laughs> so when you're when you're when you're coming to the table, do you all bring songs to the table? You'll bring stuff, or is there one person writes it and the rest kind of? Or do you, is it all a collaboration? Uh, well, I think. Musically, uh, I usually start off the demos. I have a really good sort of idea of where the song goes from start to finish, and then I present it to people, and then we all start working on it. But the, it's usually me presenting a, a piece of music to um, to you and and Beth as well, who's who's in the group, and yeah. uh, it's for them to decide if if it's sort of if it turns them on really and they want to sort of write um, vocals to it. Um, I'm really fortunate to work with two vocalists who are really quick. So within three days, I usually know if um, what I've given them is decent because uh, they usually come back very quickly with something. So um, it's a good sign, you know, so yeah. quick. Yeah, quick that's good. Us. That's nice. You've got that, you've got that uh, chemistry between you all. You know, yeah, yeah. They're, like you say, you present them, and they they either go, yeah, I can, I'm feeling that, or they'll go, oh, not so much. But I let's mean, put it that yeah. way: if I don't hear from them uh, after two weeks, I, I've got a pretty good idea. They're not into it, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> when they go, oh, sorry, I didn't get the files. Uh, yeah, yeah right. which which one was that one? Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think you sent that. You one. know that song I sent you. Oh, <laughs> and with your, uh, with regards to your, to your overall sound, is there, like, because no, I know when you start off, you know that when you when you start out in bands, you know you want to. It's like with comedy, you kind of go, oh, I want to sound. You think, oh, I want to be more like I don't know Bill Burr or Richard Pryor or whoever. And with bands, is it like you sort of start off with like. I'm a massive fan of therapy or, or Oasis or something. And you kind of, you follow that until you kind of find your own sort of noise. And is that, do you, do you I just kind of let it just I don't or? think that kind of happened with us really. Cause I think, um, we sort of like, we were just finding a feat with everyone. And to, the, me, I think me and personally for like the vocal side, me and Beth didn't even know <clears throat> if our vocals would even sit together or work yeah, together. Right. And we kind of like, once we did a track, we, once it was finished, we sort of sat back and listened to it to see, to hear what our sound was. <laughs> I don't think, we didn't really sort of say we wanted to sound like this band or this band, but we didn't, we didn't know if the, the vocals were going to sit together and we are going to sound good together. And I mean, luckily it, you know, it's, it's worked out really, really well. Yeah. Both our vocals work well together. And that was kind of just doing the early songs. We, you know, once we demoed them, we got them together and then made them sound to a point where we kind of had to sit back and then listen to what we sound like. Because yeah, we, right. we didn't we didn't really know, did we, at first? No, we didn't really like, know. It was no. kind of um, a bit of a mystery, which was kind of, is good, which is exciting, you know. It's, yeah. It's a different, um, 
perhaps a slightly different process, but it was it was luckily they've you know it all came together really well and um, we sort of as the next song went on and we built up the songs and started to sort of develop a bit of a sound then. Yeah, a bit of a mystery. Do you get that when you 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 know when you've nailed a song? Do you get that? You just when you go, that's that's the fucking one. That's the one. <laughs> you've got you know, you've got a pretty good idea, yes. Yeah. But then yeah. it can be proven wrong sometimes. You know, you just think, <laughs> well, that's that song's got to be a single, and somebody goes, no, not feeling it. You know, yeah, I think, right. Uh, so it's, um, it's usually the one that's kind of like you can't go to sleep. <laughs> that's, that's what I find. If it's like a melody or something, and then I'll be like, oh, I can't can't get to sleep but that'll be the one that's i don't know your earworm but as tom says like our ideas of singles are totally different to other other people yeah. you know labels or people other people that work in the industry so yeah that's the thing in it when you when you you slave over what you've done and then it takes someone this isn't the case all the time i imagine but most people i've met that have to then take your take your music and then put it out into the world and and they have to decide which is it which is the the, the first record they're gonna the first track they're gonna go with and and that must be quite sometimes giving it to someone that you know doesn't fucking know what they're talking about that must be quite hard but they, they can see it on a on a sales level they go no i know but on a soul sort of feeling level you're like well you ain't you don't get it man you don't fucking get it yeah. your shoes are shit for one so you don't understand decent footwear and now you're telling me that this is the better song to lead with go fuck it must be hard to bite your lips sometimes I suppose that's like when it gets to the business, the sort of business end of stuff, doesn't it? That's, yeah. that's when it can, I mean, it can be difficult, especially when he's like, I mean, someone knows when you sort of spend a lot of time on, some songs are easy and then some, some songs take take a lot longer and take a lot more work. So Tomorrow labour of love and yeah, yeah. like a puzzle. Yeah. It's like putting a puzzle together and... Um, it can take a long time sometimes. It, it takes, uh, you wrestle with a song, you know, so, but it's, yeah, uh, yeah it can be quite, um, yeah, lengthy process, basically. <laughs> but to, going back to what you were saying about the um, uh, choosing singles, it's interesting because we, we, we're currently working with a label in London and uh, they presented us a list of, of songs that they thought should be sort of single choices and, we we disagreed on one, didn't we? We were just like, yeah. no, no, we've got a good feeling that this should be a single number two. And I think sometimes it's important as an artist as well to sort of retain that control of what you yeah. think. Stick to your gut feeling, like you were saying. And yeah, no, this is the one. So yeah, oh, definitely. I think that. And when you're putting your when you're putting the album together, you can. I, I imagine you can feel that they kind of you know the order they go in and it the the, the the overall feeling of the album which is something that yeah. people can't really understand they kind of oh it's just a list of songs it's got no 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 that this no, needs to go running after that one yeah i mean the, the label that we're working with have been they're really they're really good like that because we've um we pretty much did this sort of the album listing ourselves and if we do want to change something if we sort of say no we really think this is the single to go next or yeah, you know, second, first. They're they're really they're they're great like that. They've been sort of um, 
you know they're open to ideas which is some well, yeah. some labels aren't you know, some yeah. labels are like it's this is going to happen this is going to happen and um whereas you know i think that's i think that's happening a lot more i think there's a lot more sort of smaller labels and independent labels that are uh, are more more for the artists now and more yeah. you know um i think those I mean, I imagine it's not it's not all major labels and stuff because major labels are really good as well. So it's kind of like, I think that kind of sort of pushy directness is sort of a little less than it might have been in the sort of 90s and yeah. 2000s. But um, yeah, we're lucky enough to sort of, they've, they've been pretty good, you know, well, really. So far, so far, so good. So far, yeah. So far, so good. <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, when I when I when they got in touch and we we had a we had a bit of back and forth, a bit of chat. They seemed they seemed like really into it and were really yeah. you know as they should be, but they seemed there was a bit extra, which seemed nice. Yeah, they've you know. they've been really enthusiastic and um, been really good to good to work with. So I mean, that's what you want. You don't you want. Um, you want someone who's behind yeah. you, really, and yeah. believes in your music, you know. Yeah, and if there's, and two, there's a lot of bands on labels and stuff, it's some bands will get more of a priority and stuff like that. So that can always happen as well. But they've, they've, um, yeah, there's a real enthusiasm there, and then you know they yeah. really like the album. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. It's cool, man. The stuff I got sent is absolutely brilliant because there's a lot of times you get sent stuff or because we do a radio show as well and so a lot of people get in touch with that and they go do you want to listen to that it's only on a little indie label but it's brilliant it's we have a really good time Islington Radio it's really fucking cool but we oh get right picked. Islington Radio yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom Bright brilliant and they send it, I get sent stuff sometimes and I'm now having to be a bit diplomatic a bit diplomatic and going uh, yeah this sounds, this sounds like two churches fucking I don't know where to put it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and I feel really bad because I just said to you guys, it's like you've you've worked really hard on what you're what you're doing, and you, you've put everything into it, and then to have someone on the outside go, oh, that's not really. But then it's up to inter- it's up to individuals. Yeah. they don't dig it. Yeah, don't yeah, dig there's, it. There's, yeah, that's also, there's a lot of music, isn't there? There's so much music now, yeah. and um, you can't please everyone with your music. Can you? No, no, no. no. If you're not going to please everyone. You're always going to. You know, yeah. sometimes I mean I think criticism is good as long as it's sort of a healthy criticism. If it's just sort yeah. of like, you know, you sound like them or you, yeah, that doesn't. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not been thought about. Then it's kind of like, well, you know, maybe you've not listened to it properly enough. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, when it's, if it's healthy criticism and you can learn a bit from it, it's fine. You know. Yeah. Can't please them all. <laughs> <laughs> And how did it feel when you were? Because we won't go, we won't go too far into it. But how did it feel when you were when you were gigging with uh, the other the band, you know, the bands that were already established? And was that? Did it feel like in at the deep end? You're like, fuck, we all right. We got you got to sort of hit the ground running, or do you know what I mean? Or you were just uh, like, you know, was it was it quite? Must have been quite daunting to begin with. It, well, I'll I, I'll I'll. Yeah, I'll, I'll start this. When when I joined New Order, it was that feeling. It was daunting, and but it was also exciting. And then we didn't know what was going to happen. It was, you know, we booked a couple of shows: one in Belgium, one in Paris. And in true New Order fashion, it was like, well, let's see what happens, you know. Um, yeah. 
and those shows went down really well. Um, but it took me a long time to realize I was in New Orleans. That was a really strange thing because I'd been working with with New uh, with uh, Bernard Sumner in Bad Lieutenant prior. To yeah, that. right. Okay. And um, it was un until we, we flew to South America and played a, a massive festival in front of uh, 20,000 people that it just, I just thought, shit, I'm in this massive band. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is huge. I've never done this before. You know, so it was like, it was completely new to me. And it, it, yeah, it took a long time to sink in. And uh, yeah, yeah, you do, it's... It's everything you dream of as a as a young guy. So you know, playing your instruments and growing up, you have those sort of aspiration of being on stage in front of thousands. And uh, it was that. It was amazing. Yeah. And to work with those people, and they're very inspirational people and great musicians with great histories and stories. And it's brilliant, you know. Yeah, I think that's. I, don't, I don't take anything for granted. I don't because. No. Um, I'm just yeah super lucky to to be in that position yeah and I think it's nice that they were in a they felt that they could share their you know share their stories with you and because then it helps you going forward you get an understanding of the industry and yeah and, yeah. and it's because it, it, so, so you, you hear so many stories about people being shitty and not you know they're, they don't want to talk to anyone and they're all you know they think they're bigger than they are and whatever. but it sounds like You've had a nice relationship with everyone you've worked with going thus far, which yeah. can only sort of spur you on. Yeah, def I mean, my my sort of journey with Johnny was sort of more of a, a gradual one because I played with him. I think we did like a couple of gigs before he went off to Modest Mouse. Oh yeah, and, um, we did the Manchester versus Cancer gig and the. Um, he produced Festival. your old band as well, didn't he? And he produced Haven, yeah. So yeah, when right, first cool first moved up to Corm uh, from Cornwall to Manchester um, um, through Joe Moss. We, we kind of, he produced uh, both albums um, and we sort of knew each other through then and then joined his band and it was sort of more gradual, but he, he you know, at that age, I mean, literally when I moved up from Cornwall, it was like, it was like I didn't really know anything about uh, Manchester music, or right, yeah, you know, I was listening to some very, very shady stuff. <laughs> what were you listening to? Come on, you can't leave it there. Let's have a go. What is it? Come on, come on, let's see behind the curtain. Well, it's like in Cornwall, there's a lot of metal stuff, so right. I was like, I was into skateboarding, I was into surfing, I was into like, you know, I was in a, a singing in a death metal band at one point, you know, really, like, yeah, me and me and. Nat, who's the guitarist, um, I think it was Tom, our first drummer, and then Jack took over from some Tom, and Tom was like, we would like, we played, I think we might have played in like a church or something, some <laughs> really weird, weird venue, and it's like, I was, I was so obsessed with like headbanging, I would end up like, I couldn't really play my bass well at the time, so I just like, Nat would look over and he'd be like, wouldn't even be playing the bass. I'd just be concentrating more on my head banging. <laughs> Looking good rather than sounding good. It was all like it was all like death metal, and then it moved to sort of punk, and then indie. And we went, we literally went through. It was like Rage Against the Machine, and then we went to Nirvana. It was all kind of moved, sort of gradually less yeah. sort of heavy, you know. But we learned. We learned a lot of, you know, some 
really super fast music but the, the one kind of one good thing I can say about that is that it technically it's so hard to admit that when you move on to like indie stuff it's like it's to play it's kind of to work out it's like oh this is so yeah. much easier than learning you know all this sort of bad sort of death metal stuff well it's yeah. funny you mentioned that because this i used to be there was a phase in the late late 80s early 90s and i was we went to see uh dirty rotten imbeciles and and bands like that and we were into bolt thrower and napalm death and well, that was it that was what we yeah. were into. so yeah. but you when you listen to that stuff like to the untrained ear people are going that's just noise but when you listen to it you go you have to be fucking on it to play that fast yeah. and to yeah. kick together as a band as well at that speed, it's because you, you don't control that. That's just hurtling along. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck knows what speed. speed. It's yeah, like, it's the extreme, isn't it, of sort of band music? You know, and yeah. I mean, like we we were. It's a big. Fi- it was a big thing in Cornwall. You know, heavy music was quite a thing down there. You know, it's com- moving up to Manchester. It was just so different, completely different. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I never, I never got it. I never, I, I never. No, it, it wasn't for you, Tom. Yeah, not for me. And yeah, I can't listen to it now. I can't it, listen to it now. He can't. You're not, you're not, you're not into Slayer, are you, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I remember working as a sound engineer in Manchester when uh, in my twenties, and uh, we were booked in this club, and it was like one of these heavy metal sort of nights and stuff. And I remember feeling almost sick with the music because it was three <laughs> hours of that with guys with their heads spinning out like yeah. I was like going what the fuck is this get me out of here this is this was like a nightmare that would sort of uh, end it was a, that's, it was that's how I felt I had to I went to see Slayer my, my younger brother loves Slayer and the mate, my mate I was living with at the time, massive Slayer fans and I drove I drove them there and I'm like alright it was I remember just standing there and it was like being stood in a, under a giant tap, and every every three minutes they turn the hot tap on. I'll just be just this deluge of fucking noise. Then they turn it off and go, "All right, thanks very much." And then the next one, and I'm like, "Ah, fuck! I can't cope." And I had to go outside. I had to go outside because it's just too much. Too. It was just like I, I couldn't take it. It's too much. Yeah, it's too much. I like a melody. I like it as technically yeah. brilliant as they are. I like the more melodic sound of Manchester. I just, it's just a different vibe, isn't it? You know? Yes. Yeah, they're totally opposite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you must have been, you must have thought you were in walking around in treacle when you got to Manchester after all that. Yeah, because I mean, it was because it wasn't that long until we were sort of, you know, we, we met, met Johnny after that. And then it was like, you sort of, your whole, your whole sort of, <clears throat> music world have been sort of turned upside down really in a really good way you know because yeah. we, we we got just we just learned so much in a very short space of time and about everything you know not just about you know writing and about just stuff about being in a band and yeah all, all sorts of stuff and it was i mean it's brilliant you know and i still I still today you know when we when we're recording or we're we're gigging and he's still learn loads from Johnny, you know, it's, it's all yeah. really good stuff. Same here, really, with New Order, it's the same, you know, when yeah. when we recorded Music Complete together, I was just like a hawk in the studio looking at everything they were doing, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want to learn from them, you know, because they're, they're the masters of production, really, and songwriting, so. Yeah. 
It's important. Absolutely. And they're willing to, to sort of pass their knowledge on to you as well, which is great. You know, that's the best thing about working with them. So, yeah. Especially um, someone like, yeah, they, 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 they always seem to appear on, that's the sign that they're, they're into what they're doing rather than just wanting to be rock stars. They're actually, like they pop up yeah. on each other's sort of records and like Johnny Marr, he was in the, he'd be, one minute he was in the, the and then he was, it was electronic and then it was, it was you know, the cribs and he was, cribs. Like, and you're like, fuck, this guy, he just wants yeah. to do it and he's happy yeah. to just, just rock up anywhere. And that's what yeah. I've always admired about those people. And I imagine it's the same with you guys. You kind of just, you just want to do it. So you kind of, you know, yeah. it's, do, you just want to do it. You don't like know where you do it. Throwing yourself in the deep end as well, you know, there'd be different, the, this collection of stuff Johnny's done, it's, it's, it, it's so varied, you know, to like Modest Mouse. No, yeah. no one would have thought he'd been in Modest Mouse. And that, I mean, that album's just amazing. Really, really good album. And it's like, I think it's test, you know, always testing themselves and always sort of, as I say, just throwing yourself in the deep end. And that's when I think that's when all you sort of find out about yourself, really, don't you? Find out, and it yeah. brings out the best in you, really. You got to put yourself in sort of situations that sometimes are not not comfortable to sort of bring that, bring the sort of good stuff out. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose that's where you're at now. You're kind of starting afresh new band yeah. you don't you don't know how it's going to be received but you're just in it and you love it and you and you just yeah, want exactly. people to have it and exactly where we're at yeah, yeah. yeah. and for me it's yeah. different in in that personally because I, I i'm sort of singing so it's like <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. like it's all it's it's kind of a whole big big sort of learning curve you know but yeah and you and doesn't like, even want to play the bass anymore yeah, I just like just wants a head bang <laughs> you can do it all i'm just like open chested jumpsuit not yeah, interested bring it, bring it on you know <laughs> just stand there with your devo <laughs> Spring, hat on bringing the mic around and all sorts like <laughs> yeah, yeah. great to play it. <laughs> he hasn't sung a fucking crotchet yet what's he doing get, get off the fucking speakers man <laughs> What about you, Tom? Your background in what was your first band like? Was it was it like it wasn't flash metal? Uh, no, it wasn't. Well, I, I grew up in France and um, okay, just outside Paris and um, just small town and nothing much happening. And um, I came across um, the Smiths, funnily enough, uh, sort of growing up, and that really changed everything for me. You know, I just. Uh, I didn't know anything about them because in those days there were no internet. So I was just purely in love with the music. And I just Brilliant. thought, um, so I found out a bit about them that they were from Manchester. And then, uh, and then I decided to, to move to Manchester and try and sort of get a break. <laughs> yeah, right. But I've heard that story from loads of people yeah. in Manchester, you know, from, from abroad. And uh, so I, I moved to Manchester when I was 20 to sort of, um, trying to establish myself as a musician, thinking it would be really easy, and it wasn't. It took years. <laughs> it took years of really struggling on the on the local scene, and uh, but it was great. It was a journey, and uh, it paid off, you know. So, loads of bands, loads of venues, meeting loads of people in Manchester. That's one of the great things about Manchester. It's quite a small city, so yeah, uh, it, it's easy enough to meet a lot of. Um, like-minded people musically and uh, interested in art and everything so that was my journey really and yeah. um, 
So no, I'm sorry, I wasn't into uh, thrash metal. <laughs> yeah. things like that. French, I moved French to Manchester because I love Manchester music. And yeah. <laughs> well, that was like when I was growing up. Manchester was I, I was sort of 18. I just come of age when we had the baggy stuff, the Mondays and the roses and spiral yes. carpets and all that. And then that just went on and on. And so Manchester became our everything from you know and it was like it became this this like our mecca is like oh we might we were like always making plans to go but we never went and then we did you never go to the hacienda or anything never went i never went gutted i never went i never got to manchester until i started doing comedy which was in 2004 unfortunately but i know what you mean about that manchester being a small city it's that it's still yeah it's not it's not it's still not uh, been gentrified too much. There's still that element of rawness and unpredictability. There's still there's still yeah. arty corners and things like that. Where which is London used to be that way, but it's had its edges rubbed off. Do you think it's uh, London's losing its edge a little bit? I think so. That? I think so. I think I think we're now moving out a bit. The the beautiful little venues that you could play, the dirty dingy places, are all starting to go, which oh, is a shame. Borderline and, and they, yeah, they're all they're all starting. You know, we lost the Astoria, which was a great place. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, it's a shame. It's the same up here, isn't it? We've we've had a few great venues have shut yeah. down. Yeah, and, it's um, going to be. I mean, when it all starts getting back to normal, you we'll, I suppose we'll see if you know how many these venues are around. Which fingers crossed they're going to be. So. Yeah, it's yeah. difficult, sad, yeah. sort of sad times because those 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 venues and the people that work there and the bands that played there or the comedians have been there. The games the, the vital, aren't they? They're, they're vital. Yeah. yeah, they are. They're like, and people have had so many good memories and so many good times there. And you know, it'll be sad that when this all sort of when it does get back to normal, they can't sort of you know, go back there and relive those moments, you know. Yeah, like you say, those, those growing up, when you're a teenager and you start going out to see bands for the first time and you feel like an adult and you're, you're amongst all these weird and wonderful people that you'd never come across ordinarily, it's like you've all sort of found each other and it's that, that smell of old, the, the dirty leather and the, and the patchouli <laughs> oil yeah. and the shit lager and it's piss everywhere. <laughs> You, you you fuck up your brand new DMs, but you had a fucking great time. I, I really I don't want that to be lost. You know, I want I want I want the younger people to to go through those experiences, being free. You know, you've lost your jacket, you're freezing cold on the night bus going home because you're sweaty and exactly yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's but my my nephew's like um, eighteen, and you know, it, I feel just like for that age. That sort of age bracket, I feel really sorry for him because you know yeah. around that time. I mean, I know I know it only seems like a year, but it's like it's a really important year, time, you know, life. time of you. life where you sort of you you're going out and you're meeting people and you're socialising, and it's like they can't the fact they can't do it, and you know the students and stuff. It's just I, I feel really sorry for them, the you know the youngsters. Well, yeah, everyone as a whole, but you know I think they sometimes get a bit overlooked. I know what you mean, and that, and like you said earlier, is that those small venues and uh, and gig that that intimacy with the bands, it, it's 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 so important to, for both of you, for for everyone involved, you know, like yeah, build, when definitely. you're building up your yeah. you're building up your audience, and that 
And those stories are the one you don't you don't really talk about the times you saw, I don't know. Oh yeah, I saw Oasis at Wembley. You don't really talk about that. You go, I saw them in this shit pub in New Cross. There was only ten of us stood there, but they were still acting like they were in front of fifty thousand people. Yeah. Those are the stories that you tell, you know. Yeah. And that's what you want to be a part of as a band. And it's the it's like the it's the random nights we used to call it. You know, the nights where like when. I remember when we first moved up, and we all we all moved up in in a van, basically with everything in a van. Turned up at Joe's house, knocked on the door, <laughs> and he didn't even he didn't even know. He, thought, he he said he asked us to see if we wanted, you know, put the sort. Of, he must have been happy when he saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. We all took. Well, he said, you know, if you want to give it a go, you're going to have to make that move at some point, you know. But it's like, yeah. yeah anyway, but I don't know what we were. What we're on there, but, there's but that's that. the, I think this all plays into the into the mental health conversation. Yeah. Is that though taking that that those experiences away, it kind of it doesn't leave you. You know, sitting around having a coffee with all your mates isn't the same. Isn't the same as trying mm. to. I did. I did. I went to see the Exploited, and it's the one and only time I did a stage dive. <laughs> my, my mate and I, we ended up on the stage and I turned around and my mate had tripped over the wires and he disappeared through the back curtain. So I'm now, <laughs> I'm stood there on my own with the, and I'm like, fuck. And the whole mosh pit is like, like yeah, they caught their hands up going, do it, do it, do it. And I jumped and I missed the mosh pit and I hit the floor behind oh. the mosh pit, oh. like proper, like really hurt myself. And then sort of crawled off into the darkened corner. But I wouldn't change that for the world. I wouldn't, and no. these are experiences that I now, that give me comfort and taught me so much. Yeah. And that's why I think bands, music, I think we need to get back to that, those small venues with the, with the live experience. The exactly, yeah. Big major, the major labels seem to be, they're just focusing on the money and the, let's, let's sell out Wembley Arena for 50,000 nights. And it's, a, it's, a, I'm, I'm sure it'll come back. I'm sure after this, there'll be darkened corners where we can still, do that yeah I, I hope think so. i think uh, there's going to be so many people that want to want to go out and want to go to gigs you know because yeah. you've not been able to do that i mean it's gonna i think it's going to be amazing when it when everyone can just sort of you know just get to a gig and buy tickets and you i know, think so i <laughs> think yeah, hell of a party let's put it that way oh yeah. it's gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna really Bring embarrass on, myself fucking right i'm 49 i'm gonna stage like <laughs> Come to our gig. I'm fucking gonna. Don't worry about that. I loved. I love when they sent me. I'm like, I'm having that. I am definitely having that, and I loved it. What was it like in in in, uh, in France? Did you have the same sort of uh, oh, venues? No, I mean, no, I know about it, the I know about the Bataclan in Paris, but I don't really know. No, what, I, I didn't really. I went to a nightclub called the Locomotive, which I think I had a joint night with the Hacienda in Paris. It was like a sister yeah, club. Right. Um, so I used to go there to sort of listen to um, on the indie nights. That was my interest. But really, no, I, did, I didn't do that much in, in, in France and I wasn't really into the, the music either. I think that's what sort of pushed me to, to, to leave France and come to, to Manchester, really. Uh, it, yeah, it was a strange time growing up, really, because uh, I loved British music and you couldn't hear enough of it on the radio and everybody was... Yeah, all my mates were into dire straits and things like that. And it wasn't for me, really, you know. No. Like, uh, so, yeah, I think it was the right thing to do. And when I think about it now, it changed my life forever. You know, yeah. it's like those decisions you make when you're a young man yeah. and 
or young person growing up, and they, they change your life forever. You sort of remember that yeah. sort of that point, don't you? Where you've got to make you've got to make a decision. But at the time, I just thought I'll go to England, well, yeah. and it might not work out, and uh, you know, and and I ended up staying because I loved it, and I met so many great people in Manchester that I thought, where have you been all my life? You know, I, yeah, I, I, I was looking for people like you to hang out with, and. Uh, so, yeah, it was a really pivotal moment. Really. But it's good that you had that, that you had the wherewithal to go, fuck it, I'm going. Because so many people yeah. don't, you know. So many people I know that I grew up with, they still live in the same street where they grew up. They still live in the same town. They haven't really branched out. And it, and it's a shame, you know, and it's good that you had that, that drive, it, man. When I, somebody said to me recently, it was really brave to do it because I left everything that I'd known behind me, you know, my friends and family, and I just effectively arrived in Manchester. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anybody. But yeah. I just saw, saw it as exciting times. And I also had this sort of strong belief that I, I was going to do it and make it as a musician. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> you, when I but think you've got to have that, haven't you? You've got to have dreams. You've got to have it, exactly. You've got to have dreams. I want to be a musician. I think Manchester's the, the place for me to yeah. do it. And and it's strange, but, um, but you know, somehow I've... I was right. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> but that's good, though. It is your. Yeah. I mean, I've I've recently. I've uh, a few friends of mine are moving to Manchester, and and my lads are older now. They live in Bristol, and I was kind of like, yeah, I can go where I want. Actually, I could, and I've actually thought about Manchester because I, I I do love it up there. It's a different vibe, it, and it's funny about that drive, about that knowing that you that you're gonna make it. It's like with comedy. It was the first thing that I discovered where I'm like, I really, I, I can fucking do this. I know I can fucking do this. And even when I died on my ass a thousand times, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I can still feel it's there. That drive to yeah. just keep doing it, which must be the same with you guys. Is that? But I'm not saying it in an arrogant way. I just no, of course that, not. No, you know, you have that, that that instinct in you that you, yeah. you know, you you think you can do it. You know, and and don't get me wrong, it was a really hard road to get to it. You know, with the with a lot of sort of uh, downfalls and it wasn't easy. It, it took a long time. And uh, I think you need an element of luck and, yeah, and you, yeah. you, you, you create your own luck, you know, that's, that's the thing. Uh, but um, yeah, it was that belief that I could do it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think you and had that as well, moving from Cornwall to Manchester. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Some terrible times, you know, some, like, <laughs> I, I can't like, I remember like my 20, I think my 21st birthday, if we moved up and we, we had, we just had no money at all. I and mean, I think we were like out in Fifth Avenue and we didn't have enough to, we had like one beer each, you know. Fuck, and, yeah. and, I, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I've been yeah there. we've been there. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, right, well, let's, well, let's go then. And I was thinking, what am I doing? You know, what I can't, how long are we going to be able to do this for you? And thinking that oh, I'm just going to have to go back to Cornwall you know, and having those moments and then, and then having a good moment that will sort of make you think, oh, I don't know, maybe I can stick. Yeah. We had some, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> really? We've all had them. Yeah, we've all had, exactly. We've all had them. <laughs> yeah. Had, those. Some, had some really tough moments, but then, then, had that just absolutely amazing moments that just sort of made you think, well, this was really worth it. You know, this was, this was the right decision, but yeah, I get that. It's the, yeah, you, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I've been, 
just laying there on a mattress in the middle of this <laughs> fucking shit flat and you're like what am I fucking doing this is and then it, all it takes is someone to you get a text or something and they go do you want to come and do this gig and you go that's what I'm doing yeah. that's yeah. Well, that's why this doesn't matter because I'm doing that exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel it man I feel it so I'm really excited about your stuff coming out and I can't wait until I can see you see you live because it's it's from what I've heard it's going to be fucking epic and I'm not just saying that because you're sat here <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be fucking great. And, It'll be uh, epic if you come to the gig and stage time. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'll be your Bez or your Cressa. Just this fucking that, middle-aged man. We'll have to just bring you, bring, bring your mate on as well, so we can just trip over and go out the back. As well, just to sort of relive, <laughs> relive that moment. Yeah, exactly. Same moment. You'll be a slapstick just to take the edge off. Yeah. <laughs> so when does the when's the when is the album out when when do we when do we start hear your stuff so the album is out on the 13th of august and that's okay. all digital and physical so oh really is it physical copies as well yes yeah. uh, sort of vinyl cd the whole thing and then yes 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 that's so, the thing as well it's, I, I talk about this i've mentioned this on the radio show it's all very well having spotify and and things like that that's fine but it's if you want the, your bands that you love to keep making music is buy the buy the music buy the stuff go on to Bandcamp buy the buy yeah. you know and the and because it's expensive isn't it like vinyl is is a i can't imagine yeah. how much that costs to, to stick out and because that's where i go to i love the vinyl so well i think yeah. it's the the, the the thing of having a, a a physical piece of art that you can hold and read yeah. everything about it and, and put it on onto your record player and go yeah. through it and I don't know. Yeah, and that's I also like, that I love thing it. of the album. Like sometimes, like <clears throat> sometimes the last track of the album could be the your favorite track of the album. Yeah. Nowadays, it's up because it's also because it's all streaming. You kind of I don't think people maybe people don't get to that point no. in the album. You know, some of, some of the songs that are kind of probably lost that you, you probably like musicians have spent hours and hours or yeah. know, working on them. I think when you've got a physical copy, you, you generally listen, you know, you listen to it from start to finish. But yeah. Maybe I, that's not, it's all kind of sort of singles now and EPs. and. Well, there people kind of know. pick out, they hear the one song and they'll yeah, download one that one. And I suppose and that's playlists as well. That's how the playlist thing works. Yeah. And, and they might not take any notice of the rest of the album, but I remember, yeah. I seem to remember, I had this conversation the other day with someone and I was always saying track seven, on an album is usually a surprise. You kind of go, oh, fucking, yeah. For some reason, track, it's either yeah. track three or track seven we were talking about. And people don't normally get that far. It's normally, and they're mm. like, no, man. Yeah. Get, this is, and the, the fact that you've put the whole album together as a piece of work. It, yeah, as it blends it, in. Yeah, you don't really, you don't, you don't, like like we said earlier, when you're putting the lit track listings together, you can feel where each song goes. You can feel when one doesn't fit quite where it is, like you said, you and about songs being sort of left to one side, they don't go on the album because no. they don't they don't feel like they fit. Yeah, and, that, and people don't really understand that, do they? They just go, oh, just a list of songs, and that's why it must be quite frustrating as a musician when you've put you've painstakingly put that album together. What what track one finishes perfectly with track ten or twelve or whatever it is, and then people just don't take any notice, and that must be infuriating. <laughs> It can yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, it can be. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you now, I, I will be buying a 
proper copy because I like I, I just like looking at the spines of all my records just going fucking yeah I've got that I've got that it just I don't know maybe it's because it, it's because that was re it was records when I was growing up so maybe it's that it's that yeah it was, it was like when I, when I go and see folks and see but my dad's just got so, so many albums I mean he he's he's still listening to cassette cassettes he's got yeah, like right. cassettes <laughs> cool. so he's like you know you think they're all worn out and stuff but he's 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 heavily into vinyl, and you know it's it's good because you you can sort of I can sit in there and discover different stuff, and then yeah. take it and go. Where's <laughs> 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 my Nina uh, Simone album or something? Like, uh, oh, I haven't seen I it, Dad. Don't think don't think you bought one, Dad. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it was like for you, uh, you and when when you started playing your instrument, but I I'm just talking of vinyls now. I remember sort of when I started playing the bass. It wasn't like today where you sort of, I, I, I learned sort of listening to records. So I tried to replicate what I was hearing. But in those days, all I had was my, my record player. And it was a matter of lifting the needle and going backwards and forwards like oh, to try and get a wow, yeah. the instrument, you know. And then when I say this to people now, they just think, wow, you're from a different planet, man. <laughs> but it's how, that's how we used to do yeah. it, you know, like yeah. sort of the needle going backwards and forwards, trying to pick a part on the record. Yeah, yeah well, exactly my, my dad used to put, because I just had a little, because so I could do stuff and learn stuff in my room, he used to put all the stuff on cassettes for me. So then... Yeah. I could listen to the vinyl downstairs. All right, so you could press play and uh, read <laughs> so I could like, yeah, I was yeah. like, I was, <laughs> yes, super was, modern. This you know. guy, this guy with his <laughs> futuristic fucking... <laughs> Walkman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I used to put, like, Jimi Hen Hendrix albums and all sorts, of, you know, all sorts, JJ Kale and all sorts, and then wow. I'd just sit and, sit and learn. Yeah. But this has been, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to me about this. I could talk about music with you lot all day. It's been day. fun. It's been see? Great, yeah. see, it's not shit. It's not all shit. No, it's good. You're going to you're gonna, you're gonna have to do interviews now uh, later, going forward for the album. And it's going to be bollocks. And I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I was in on the ground floor. <laughs> you got the first, yeah, definitely. Fucking right, mate. Um, it's been, it's been really I'm gonna, final question. And I know this is, you'll probably, you might get asked this a lot, or I don't know, but favourite album of all time. Ooh. It's a tricky oh, one, isn't it? Because it changes all the time. Um, Favorite album right now in this in this moment at the moment where you're at. What are you? What is? The, I'd have to say, say "Forever Changes" by Love. Nice, yeah, I nice. Think, uh, defining album, uh, changing moment for me is probably "Me Is Murdered" by the Smiths. So that was an important album. Yeah, oh. yeah. there you go. Fucking there brilliant, go. fucking brilliant, lads. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll, be, much. I'll be at the gigs and I'll be cheering you on and telling all the people about you. Look oh, after yourselves. Thank I'll you, man. Out there. Take care. Brilliant. See you later. Thanks very much. Insane in the membrane. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.